You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. for that which we were called for. We can lose sight because of various trials and circumstances in our life that befall us. We become sidetracked from what the Lord is trying to show us and what the Lord is trying to do. We become too focused on the trial, too focused on the tribulation, too focused on the pain and the hurt, and not enough attention to Jesus Christ as He wants to see us through the time of woe, push us through the time of woe because He's with us still. Seeing the clear path through the trial is hard. A response of depression or isolation seems easier, more comforting at the time. But Pastor Dave reminds you today that Jesus is calling you to himself in those times. He's offering a greater peace and comfort than anything you can create or find in this world. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of John chapter 21 as he begins his message, Fishers of Men. The Gospel of John, we're in chapter 21, and we're going to be reading verses 1 through 14. So if you will, turn into your Bibles, if you haven't already, to John 21, verses 1 through 14. If you have found your place there, I invite you to read along with me as we read through the Gospel of John, chapter 21, beginning at verse 1. John writes, After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And in this way, he showed himself. Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee and two others of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. And they said to him, we are going with you also. They went out and immediately got into the boat, and that night they caught nothing. But when the morning had come, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said to them, Children, have you any food? They answered him, No. And he said to them, Cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast And now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. Therefore, the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he had removed it, and plunged into the sea. But the other disciples came in the little boat, for they were not far from land, about 200 cubits, dragging the net with fish. Then, as soon as they had come to the land, they saw a fire of coals here, and fish laid on it and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish which you have just caught. Simon Peter went up and dragged the net to land, full of large fish, 153. And although there were so many, the net was not broken. Jesus said to them, Come 
and eat breakfast. Yet none of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you, knowing that it was the Lord. Jesus then came and took the bread, and he gave it to them, and likewise the fish. This is now the third time Jesus showed himself to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. Well, if you haven't guessed by now, the title of today's message is Fishers of Men. And as you read through the gospel accounts, particularly Matthew and Mark, at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, we read that he was walking along the Sea of Galilee and he came across some men, fishermen. And they were casting nets into the lake. Jesus says to these men, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Scripture tells us that immediately these two men, one of them Andrew and his brother Simon Peter, left their nets and they began to follow Jesus. In Luke's gospel, we see a different slant and Luke goes into greater depth about Peter's calling in particular. The same scenario. Jesus is walking along the Sea of Galilee and he is being followed by a crowd. A multitude. And he comes upon boats, two boats, fishermen in the boats. And he gets into one of the boats, which happened to be long to Simon, who they call Peter. And he asked him to put out onto the lake so that he can, from that point, teach the multitudes. Jesus always is the master teacher. And he always wants to talk about God, the kingdom of God. So Peter launches out. And Jesus teaches from that spot. When he's done, he says to Peter, launch out a little further and cast your net. Peter argues with him, saying, Lord, we toiled all night and there's nothing out there. We've caught absolutely nothing. But nevertheless, as you bid, I will cast down my net. And when Peter caught down the net, He caught such a great number of fish, it was so large that as they pulled it on board, the boat began to sink. The little boat had to come along, the other little boat had to come alongside them, and they had to help them to shore. Peter was so astounded by what had happened. He was taken back as he looked at the Lord Jesus, and something clicked inside him. He immediately fell to his knees and asked Jesus to depart from his sight because Peter realized that he was a sinful man. And this is what happens when we come into the presence of Jesus. We see ourselves as we really are, sinful. This is what happened to Isaiah in Isaiah 6, when he saw the Lord high and lifted up. But he realized in God's presence, we are sinful. We are impure. And in Isaiah's words, we're undone. But as Peter fell to his knees, Jesus said something to him. Jesus said to him, And he called them into his own. He said, do not be afraid, for from now on, you will catch men. So the scripture then says, they forsook all, and they followed after Jesus. It's been three incredible years since that day in the Sea of Galilee, when Peter, James, and John, and several other fishermen were called to follow Jesus. So much has happened. So much has transpired. 
that they chose to write it down in books that we call gospels. They had witnessed so many things, miracle upon miracles. The lame were walking, the mute were speaking, the deaf were hearing, the eyes of the blind were opened. Dead were being raised to life. They had heard so much teaching about the kingdom of God. They've been shown example after example of humility, of meekness and mercy and love. Some of them actually got to hear God speak on the mountain when Jesus was transfigured before them. When John was writing his gospel, when he got to chapter 6, Peter told Jesus that they they, meaning the disciples, had come to believe that he was the Christ, son of the living God. They had come to believe that Jesus was indeed their long-awaited Messiah. But what they didn't tell Jesus was they believed that he would overthrow the Roman government, that he would take away the Roman oppression, that he would set up his kingdom. And when that didn't happen, when the cross came and Jesus was crucified, The disciples became discouraged. They became disappointed. They became hopeless. But all that was just an aftersight now that the crucifixion had happened. Those wondrous days seemed like light years away. The call to be fishers of men seemed to have lost its zeal. It seemed to have lost its punch. It didn't seem like they could do that without Jesus with them. How could that happen without their leader, without their master, without their Lord, without their friend? Yes, Jesus had risen from the dead just as he said he would. And he appeared to them several times. But the unsurety of what had happened or what was going to happen was in their hearts. And they were extremely confused. They didn't know what was going on. You know, Sometimes we too can lose sight for that which we were called for. We can lose sight because of various trials and circumstances in our life that befall us. We become sidetracked from what the Lord is trying to show us and what the Lord is trying to do. We become too focused on the trial, too focused on the tribulation, too focused on the pain and the hurt, and not enough attention to Jesus Christ as he wants to see us through the time of woe, push us through the time of woe because he's with us still. He'll never leave nor forsake us. But he wants us to see the light at the end of the tunnel. And that light is him. He is the light of the world. He's called us, each of us, into his own. Just like he called the disciples. That first day of the week when Jesus rose from the dead, that glorious day, one of the women who had gone to the tomb was told by Jesus to tell the disciples that they would meet him in Galilee, that they should leave Jerusalem and meet him in Galilee. So there they were, by the Sea of Galilee, waiting for him. This is sometimes called the Sea of Tiberias because on the shore of one side of the Galilee is this enormous city called Tiberias. And as we studied last time, as the seven waited, as the seven waited, Peter decided to go on a fishing expedition, and the others went along with him. Let's reread verses 1 through 3a. After these things, this is after the resurrection, after the, of course, the crucifixion, the resurrection, the whole thing, Jesus showing himself, Thomas, and all the things that had happened. 
Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, and in this way he showed himself. So John is looking back now, and he's writing the thoughts that he had as Jesus showed himself. Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other of us, his disciples, were together. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. They said to him, we're going with you also. Now we discussed this in length about the two thoughts of whether Simon was wrong in what he did or was Simon just doing what he was supposed to do until the Lord came back. And we discussed that. But there really isn't any reason to believe that Simon's proposal was sinful. But we said that there was reason to believe that it might be dangerous because he wasn't doing what the Lord had called him to do. He had been trained for such a time as this. He had been trained to carry the message of the kingdom of God to others. Jesus had trained them up three and a half years. Simon Peter was called to a much higher purpose than just fishing. Jesus had called them and he had trained them to be fishers of men. He had given them new life. They had become born again. The Lord wanted to use these men in a mighty way. And the saints I believe with all my heart that the Lord wants to use us as well in a mighty way. He's called us too to be fishers of men and of women. He's called us to be fishers of humans. To go out and catch them for him. To throw out a net, throw out some bait, use the right equipment. And to catch them so that Jesus can take them and clean them up and call him his own. He's called us for such a time as this. We're alive in this crazy coronavirus time. We're alive now, and we have so much to offer. We have so much to give out. And it's not what we give, it's a who we give. The name of Jesus Christ. Now, granted, these disciples had been through one heck of an ordeal. I mean, everything leading up to the crucifixion, was horrendous for them. It was absolutely horrendous. Well, they never dreamed that Jesus would leave. Like I said, they thought he was going to set up his kingdom now. They never dreamed he would leave, but leave he did. And killed he was. He went to death on the cross. Maybe it was so much for them. And then Jesus rises from the dead. And although how glorious it might have been, their heads might have been spinning and they might have just needed to get away. And Jesus knew that. They needed to get away from the hustle bustle of Jerusalem. They needed to get away from all the powers that be that trying to get them and, and arrest them. Sometimes we need to get away. Sometimes we need to draw away from the hustle and bustle of life. And we need to get close to the Lord. We need to spend time with him, drawing from him his love, allowing him to train us and teach us for the work he's called us to do. But as they drew away, were they thinking that this fishers of men thing was now something in the past? Were they thinking that so they thought maybe now we should concentrate on our other life? The life we had before Christ? Were they forgetting about that life? And maybe we need to go back to it? It's a dangerous place, folks. Dangerous place when we go back to that old life, when we go back to the old neighborhood, when we go back to that old ways. It's a dangerous place to be. It's a slippery slope, and we slide down. 
And we can get very, very caught up. You know, Mark likes to teach that when we get back in that way and we start getting into that groove of the old life, we open ourselves up for seven demons to come into us. To take us to places that we have come out of and that we don't need to be in. Is that where they are? I don't know. Jesus had appeared to them several times before, but things weren't the same. Maybe they were thinking that everything was lost. But Jesus was going to remind them that it was not. He was going to bring them back into their calling in a very familiar way. And so, for us, my friends, and for the disciples, the lesson is about to begin. The lesson is about to begin. As we read verse 3b, we see the results of their fishing trip. They went out immediately, got into the boat, and that night, they caught nothing. Now, whether their motives were good or bad, they caught nothing that night. It must have been one whale of a long night. <laughs> they caught nothing. Whether they even had a nibble or not, they caught nothing. And if you've ever been fishing for any length of time and did not catch a thing or a bite, it can be tremendously long. It can be very tiresome. Maybe Peter's impulsiveness and his self-confidence did get the better of him. Maybe it was beginning to show. He was indeed sincere, and he probably worked hard that night, but there were no results. These were experienced fishermen. This is what they used to do to make a living. They knew how to fish, and they knew this lake inside and out. They had sweet spots which they could go and always count on fish. They knew where to go, where the fish were. They knew exactly where to go. Well, I always caught fish here. We never got messed up here. We always came home with fish. But that night, they came home with nothing. And as we like to say in the fishing business, they got skunked. The lesson was starting to take hold. The lesson was starting to be formed. You know, sometimes we too act out of sincerity. We act out of sincerity, and even in our service to the Lord. And we believe we're doing the will of God, but our labor is in vain. There are no results, or the results fall flat. Why? Because we're acting without direction from God. We are acting in the flesh. We're not acting in the Spirit. We're not going on God's Word. We're going on our Word. We're taking things into our own hands without waiting for the Lord and His help. And when we fail... We usually get disappointed. We usually get tired. We get weary. And sometimes we even get angry because there was no blessing to our service and things didn't go the way we wanted to. These disciples were disappointed that they did not catch anything. And I'm sure they were cold, they were tired, and they were hunger after fishing all night, not catching anything. I know that for a fact. Fishing is very hard work. They had to row out onto the lake. They had to cast out their nets. And after the nets set a while, they would have to gather the nets and pull them back in. And I wonder how many times they threw their nets out and drew them back in. Threw their nets out and brew them back in. You know, you go on a fishing trip, you bait your hook, you throw it overboard, you let it sit there for a while. And eventually, if nothing hits you, you think, well, I'll make the bait even cleaner. And you reel it back up and you put some new bait on there and you throw it back out and you sit there for a while. If nothing bites again, maybe I'll change baits. Maybe they're not biting on this bait, but they're biting on this bait. You change that. Nothing happens. Man, it gets long, guys. 
It gets long. How many times did they throw the net out and bring it back? Throw the net out and bring it back. All time. Well, let's move over to this spot. Well, I know a spot that you guys don't know about. How about over here? Did they roll around the lake constantly looking for these fish? Doesn't say. But they finally called it quits. They gave up. They had had enough. There was no fish that day. They had fished all night. And the sun was coming up. But as they were rowing back to shore, a stranger appeared on the shore. It was waving at them. Let's look at verses 4 and 5. But when morning had now come, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said to them, Children, have you any food? They answered him, No. So as they row back to shore, there's this stranger standing on the shore asking them if they have any food. The stranger, we're told by John, after the fact, is Jesus, but they don't recognize him as Jesus. And to add insult to injury, the stranger asked those immortal words. Did you catch anything? Did you get anything? That's the standard thing. You see somebody with a fishing pole and with a, with a bucket, the first thing you see is, did you catch anything? You look in the bucket. You want to see, right? Well, the stranger asked this familiar question. I would love to see the look on their face when they said, no, no. They didn't even try to lie. You all the net broke and all these fish got away. You know, that fishermen have been known to tell tall tales. What can I say? I'm sure they were humbled by this. No, there was no fish. No, we didn't catch anything. No, we've been out all night. <laughs> I love the way Jesus speaks to them, though. Jesus says, children. I love that. It's a term of endearment. However, they were kind of acting like kids. They were kind of acting like children at this point. You know what I mean? They were going out on their own, not waiting for the Lord. Notice that Jesus didn't reveal himself to them. And notice one other thing, and I always like to point this out. Jesus didn't shout out, hey, you traitors. Didn't you used to be my disciples? You sinners, you cowards. Come here, it's me. No, Jesus didn't do it. He just calls them kids. But it's an endearing term, like my little children. J. Vernon McGee, my beloved. I love that. I love that. It's an endearing term. So the lesson now is starting to heat up. Jesus was taking over. This act is very similar to the calling of Peter that Luke described in his gospel. So Jesus suggests an alternative to their fishing technique. Look at 6a. And he, Jesus, said to them, cast your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. I love this. Why didn't Peter pick up on this? Why didn't Peter pick up on this? Did Peter even begin to think deja vu? Didn't we do this before? Well, why didn't Peter? I don't know. But the Lord does things sometimes in which he has done before in our lives to see how we'll react. You are our time with you is coming to an end today on a sure hope on our next edition pastor dave shank will continue this journey through the book of john but for now you can listen to more teachings from this series online at assurehoperadio.com 
We encourage you to download these messages so that they are available wherever you go. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Just search for A Sure Hope and see the latest editions as soon as they're posted. If you're enjoying these teachings and would like to get more involved with the church behind this ministry, we'd love to meet you at Calvary Chapel Cape May for a time of worship and Bible study. We meet weekly on Sundays at 10 a.m. Give us a call for more information. Our number is 609-884-5821. Again, that's 609-884-5821. Otherwise, you can visit Assure Hope Radio for times and directions. If you're not able to join us in person, we're streaming our services on Facebook Live. Just look for the link on our website at assurehoperadio.com. Thanks for listening to today's message in the book of John. We pray you continue to be blessed as you study the Word and that you discover how God's doing great things in your life. We look forward to you joining us again as Pastor Dave has more to share from this book that entails where Jesus walked and the amazing wonders he performed while here on earth. He's still doing wonders today too. Come hear about that next time on A Sure Hope.